Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Shout out Comcast Business Text Line 888-957-9570. Good morning to all you lovely people. Spadoni in for Bonte. Loveman in for Joe Shasky. They'll be back tomorrow. New dad, Joe Shasky. He's chilling. He's having a good time. You know what? His chilling with a little bit of sleepy. He's chilling. You know what? This is where you want to be as a sports fan couple weeks to go. You get to relax. You get to watch the chaos unfold elsewhere. You know, these are good problems to have. Now, we'll get to it on the other segment because there's a team here in the Bay Area that has a lot of problems going on. And I'm, no, I'm not mentioning the Oakland Athletics, soon to be Las Vegas Athletics. No, I'm not mentioning the San Francisco Giants, who also have a plethora of problems. I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors, what the hell's going on there. And we'll get to them on the other side. But It's uh, disgusting to watch. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> That really, really that quick. might be my favorite drop from Steve Kerr. It's, up, it's, it's a so good one. True. It's just so, it's so appropriate. Oh, we're going to be hitting that one a lot these next few months here. Uh, really quick, though, because we've got a few minutes before we hit this next break. Uh, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh there. Let's talk a little bit about those games that happened last night. we got a few minutes to talk college football. Sure. Because uh, I know that hits so well out here. Oh, yeah. Um, big college town here in San Francisco. I really would. I'll say it's like watching those games last night, it really made me wish that we had a bigger college football scene out here in the Bay Area. Like, you know, I remember when I was in Miami, uh, you know, just they go nuts for the Canes out there. Even when the Canes have been mediocre, which they have been for the last 20 years, like, so it's like, there be days like you listen to sports talk radio out there, and it's like there's days where it's all Miami Hurricanes football. They just go nuts for college football down there, and big college football is so much fun. It's just so unfortunate that we don't have that here in the Bay Area with Cal and Stanford. I mean, Stanford had a run at the beginning of this decade or the beginning of the 2010s. They did. Yeah, they Jim had three, Harbaugh, three Pac-12 titles in four years. Again, some of that with David Shaw too. Uh, they had some incredible talent there: Andrew Luck, Toby Gerhardt, Tyler Gaffney, Caffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many great players. And no one cared, really. I mean, partly because it's Stanford, partly it's just because uh, college football just doesn't hit out here. When Cal was good under Jeff Tedford, um, you know, in, in the late 2000s, there was kind of some buzz there. But Cal can, just can never get over the hump enough to where you can kind of get consistent interest in college football. Last night, though, was just, it was definitely fun to watch. It was fun to watch Nick Saban just have, have an absolute brain fart on the goal line. What's your grind against Nick Saban? He's, he's, is it because he wins too much? It is partly that. I'm just tired of seeing Alabama. I'm tired of I'm tired of I the like SEC. the evil empire. I like, I like the hood. I yeah, like, it was I fun like for that. a while, but after a while, it's like, okay, we need someone else to be the evil empire. I'm just so tired of the SEC no, he's always the winning all the time. from Star Wars, and, and I'm just, love He it. really is. He is Palpatine. He's get thrown down the chute and end up, you know, un- unnatural abilities, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just, I'm just tired of seeing a grown 70-year-old man throw temper tantrums on the sideline like he does. Um, That's what happens. But Bill just, Belichick does it too. They all do because their, their hearts are still on I wish I had that much energy when I'm 73 years old. God, come yes. on. He's just trying to absolve himself of blame. Everyone else is to blame, not for it, not him. Um, but talking about that game last night, though, Jim Harbaugh, you, you kind of mentioned that he sounds like he's gone. Are, are, as a Raider fan, Spadoni, are you on team bring in Jim Harbaugh? Um, I am. Uh, I would go after Jim Harbaugh if I am Mark Davis. I know that might not be the popular choice. 
Um, Antonio Pierce has done a hell of a job. And uh, they took a really bad loss against the Indianapolis Colts. I was all in, and I think Mark Davis would have been if they won out. Uh, they have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Had they won that game, some other things had to break their way, but had they won that game against the Colts and then uh, against the Broncos this week, I think he was a lock. He didn't. There are a lot of mistakes. I get it. The defense is his side of the ball, but he also has to take some accountability for that offense, and it was terrible. Aiden O'Connell has not been that dude. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo would have been that much better, but that offense was putrid. I know no Josh Jacobs, no Michael Mayer, but in the biggest game of his head coaching career for Antonio Pierce, I felt like he got tight, the team got tight, and they lost a winnable game to Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts. I think that cracks the door open for Jim Harbaugh if Mark Davis wants him, and he's not afraid to go out there and pay these head coaches. Uh, let's put that to bed right now. I understand he's one of the, uh, you want to say cheaper owners, whatever, uh, less expensive. He doesn't have the equity. I thought he's, he's the quote-unquote poorest Poorest owner, owner but that's still a, a the billionaire. The poorest billionaire. I mean, and that's a cash cow in the Legion. Whether you like that, the, it's half full of opposing fan bases or not, it is a cash cow for the Raiders and for Mark Davis. And he has gone out and spent a lot of money on head coaches. Hasn't worked out. John Gruden, Josh McDaniels. But he's spent when it comes to head coaching. So I expect him to throw the bag to uh, Jim Harbaugh. And if Jim Harbaugh you know, wins or loses, I think he's gone. The other sexy franchise out there for him would probably be Justin Herbert in the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, does Spanos want to go deep in his pocket? I'm talking about other cheap owners. Does Spanos want to go in there, deep pockets, do all that sort of stuff? So it's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. As a Raider fan... Yes, I would love Jim Harbaugh. He's won at every level he has gone as a head coach, whether it was was San Diego, whether with uh, the Stanford Cardinal, whether with the 49ers, Stanford Cardinal, uh, or uh, Michigan Wolverines again. So uh, Mark Davis did have conversations with Harbaugh back when he stepped down of the uh, 49ers and eventually chose Michigan, but there was some reports that he was kind of torn. If the one job he was going to take would have been with the then Oakland Raiders because of his ties with Al Davis. That was his first NFL yeah, so coaching say, yeah, uh, gig. First assistant job. He was the first assistant job along with David Shaw, who was also there. I think Steve Sarkeesian might have also been there too. Talking about all these head coaches now uh, in the college ranks. Obviously, David Shaw not there. Sarkeesian with Texas. So that early two thousands Raiders coaching tree. Uh, will that tug at the heartstrings with Jim Harbaugh? But he's got bigger and better things to worry about. Championship potentially for Michigan next week, taking on Washington. And Washington, by the way, Michael Penix. Oh my God! Well, that's the other half of the conversation. Is the Raiders' future head coach and quarterback could be taking the field uh, on Monday excited, night in, in Houston? Don't get me excited. Why not? What's going to happen is we're going to get Harbaugh, but then something's going to happen. We'll get JJ McCarthy or something like stuck, that. Yeah, I don't want him. I mean, I, I, you guys probably we, have to move up to get Penix, though, right? Probably. I think they're going to be top four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. But Penix, as great as he is at a thrower, and we saw it on display yesterday. There's gonna be there's gonna be yes, thank you. There's gonna be some wariness from teams because of the injury concerns. The guy has like no ACLs or something right. It's a two torn ACLs in his knees. I mean, I just point to your guy at the U, Frank Gore. I mean, he's lasted a pretty decent career with two torn ACLs. I think that's ACLs. more of an exception than the rule though. That's fine, but I'm just saying if that's what we're gonna do. I mean, that's a running back doing it. I, I don't think, in Penix, by the way, people like to say he doesn't have the mobility. He looks pretty mobile to me yesterday. Mobile enough at the college ranks. And I think he'd be mobile enough at the NFL ranks. So we'll see. We'll see there. Antonio Pierce, obviously, former of ASU, if he gets retained. Jaden Daniels, obviously the Heisman Trophy winner. Coached him there at ASU. So 
lot to be made at the college ranks, but listen, we're not talking about the Raiders today. I just want a couple minutes. Appreciate you throwing me the bone there, Sammy. Yeah, well, you know, it gives, gives, gives us an excuse to talk a little bit of college ball because those were fun games last night. Washington they were. pulling out against Texas. They were. I think Washington can pull this out and win this whole thing. I'll be honest. I they just. Can. I did that, that I don't offense know if their defense just, is good enough, though. That's true, but I mean, I don't know how good the Michigan offense is either on that side. I mean, Michigan just—they beat up on weak Big Ten competition all year long. That was, a, that was a big boy win, though, for for Michigan to be down like they were in the fourth quarter against Alabama. Because I know you're saying all this stuff about Nick Saban. The guy wins when he has a lead, generally in the yes. fourth quarter. He's that good. He is that guy. One of, if not the greatest coach in the history of college football. And for Jim Harbaugh, who's never been over the hump, who's never won over that. Like, the quote-unquote biggest game of them all. And he saw us one more to go after here, but it was 0-6 prior to this in bowl games. To get that win was massive for his psyche, the team psyche, McCarthy, all those guys going forward. I think that carries them to a victory over Washington. Could be tight, could be, but I, I think mean, that sets up for a great game, though, because I mean, a lot of these times, a lot of these college football playoffs, especially when you know the SEC is involved, you've had some snoozer title games. Are you kidding me? Last, last year, year might have been the worst like title game I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, yeah. Georgia scoring. How many did they score? Seven. So I think points? it was like sixty-five to seven. Oh my god. Like yeah, I remember, I remember there was this one clip I saw on Twitter. It's like some woman from like TCU, like a TCU fan, was in the stands playing chess on her phone in like the fourth quarter. Like imagine paying all that money to fly out there, see your team in the national championship so game, SoFi Stadium too. And you're, yeah, yeah, you're, a cheap ticket. And you're and you're playing chess on your phone during the game. That's how bad it got. It's just these the SEC. Just, yeah, just makes these games boring and unwatchable. So I'm very happy that we're seeing no SEC teams in this final. And we might actually get a very exciting title game. I mean, we've had some oh, some good ones in the past. There was obviously a Clemson Alabama one when uh, Deshaun Watson hit. Uh, was it Hunter Renfro in that one in yeah, the end zone? It was uh, to, to get that go ahead at there at the end of the game. That was one of the better ones. But this sets up for we will have an entertaining game uh, next Monday night. So very excited for that. And the first time since the uh, first iteration of this college football playoff that a SEC team will not be in the final. First time obviously so great. was Oregon versus Ohio State. Marcus Mar. Yoda. Who was that there? Uh, I think Zeke Elliott Cardale was on that Jones team. Cardale Jones and Zeke Elliott, the if third I'm not string, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Cardale Jones who took over, yeah, like week 11 or something, week 12, took Ohio State to the Big the Ten Jameis, title game. The Jameis Winston Florida State team got destroyed By Mariota, against yeah. Marcus Mariota. That was Jameis Winston's only loss in college, too. Wow. Yeah. That's true. Because he was two years, he went, yeah, undefeated, obviously, in 13. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they were undefeated that year. Very underwhelming undefeated uh, Florida State team. Wow, that sounds familiar. And then, uh, mm. yeah, he lost to Mariota, got drafted number one overall. And who does he see in week one of his rookie season standing on the opposite sideline? Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. There you go. You one of the great stories. Can't write it. There's also some good stories potentially here in the NFL. We can get to that on the other side. Could we possibly have a reunion with Matt Stafford in Detroit? That would be fascinating. 888-957-9570 is the number. What's coming up on the game is sponsored by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. More of your calls and texts, more Niners. They're the number one overall seed in the NFC. And we'll get a little bit into the Golden State Warriors, who again play tonight, 7 o'clock tip, right here on 95.7 The Game, against the Orlando Magic. My guy, Paolo Banquero, taking on oh, Franz Wagner. Team Europe taking on... The Warriors, 6 o'clock, Warriors live right here on 95.7 The Game before handing it off to the great Tim Roy, who again will be on the call right here on 95.7 The Game, your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, and your home for Spadonian Lubman on 95.7 The Game.
to the Morning Roast with Vontae and Shasky. Spadoni and Lubman in for Vontae Hill and Joe Shasky. They'll be back tomorrow. Don't you worry. We got one more segment here for you before handing it off to Steiny and Guru. Evan Giddings in for Dale the Guru Johnson. Can't wait to hear how their New Year's went. Went pretty good for the San Francisco 49ers as the Niners took care of business over the Washington Commanders 27-10. They locked up the number one seed thanks to Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals. And also thanks to whoever was that, Brad Brad Rogers, who I think was the official in the uh, Lions game, who who's claiming that the offensive lineman for the Cowboys didn't report as eligible. A lot of back and forth there. Dan Campbell not very happy. They get flagged. They should have gotten the two-point conversion. Probably would have won the game. Although that shouldn't have even been in that position anyways if Mike McCarthy knew how to, uh, I don't know, use some time on the clock. That's why I go back to, Sam, when I'm looking at the rest of the coaches in the NFC, whether it's Sirianni, whether it's McCarthy, whether it's Campbell, or whether it's all these guys. Shanahan's so much better than these ones right now. Well, I know we're saying clock management in there, too. Shanahan has yet to, uh, I think, remove the clock management That's fine. Uh, issue hey, from is his Is that his the repertoire. issue we have right now? That Well, I mean, I've, Kyle Shanahan is always the underlying threat to the 49ers' success. One thing about that game, though, that, that Lions-Cowboys game, like, yeah, that was pretty egregious to the ref to, to miss the the, receipt, the the lineman checking in as eligible and getting that mix up there. Well, they told him prior to the game, too, which is the thing. Yeah. Campbell was saying like, "Hey, we talked we talked to the refs before the game and and Kyle Shanahan was actually asked about this at his media presser yesterday and he had kind of said the same thing. It's like you talk to these refs beforehand. Mm-hmm. He's like, "We want to get this out of the way. Hey, we want to make sure there's no false starts. We want to make sure there's no uh, ineligible lineman. Like this is what we're going to do. This is a So, uh, apparently they talked to him before the game and then they, you saw the video that they went over and talked to him. So, I, I don't know what happened there. Exactly. Again, it's egregious on the refs part. Um by the same time though, like you ran three two-point conversions there. Like the first one, obviously should have been a, should have been a, a conversion there. You got you got screwed by the refs. The second one you had what was it was uh, it was a, a false or it was offsides by by Mika by Micah Parsons, and uh, Goff can't connect in the end zone. So now you have a third opportunity. Spinoni, at what point you're just like you know what? Let's just kick it and go to overtime. Well. Like, that's the thing. He, like, he I got get stubborn it. You, there, and I, I appreciate I, it if I'm a fan. But at the same time, is like you gotta have faith in your defense to at least get a stop. No, like play the, for overtime. I, I, I appreciate it as a fan the first time. I appreciate it as a fan the second time. On the third time, it's like, dude, just take the extra point and let's go to overtime and win it there. Like you just drove down the field on the line on on the Cowboys. You're feeling good. You're feeling you're feeling confident. I understand that bite a kneecap off mentality, but like you still got overtime to work with there. And you could still probably win there. Like, I just I, I get the aggression there, but like, come on, Dan, pick and choose your spots. I love Dan Campbell though, and he probably would. Oh, been, I like him a lot he too. He probably would have been coach of the year if not for Kevin Stefanski um, and what he's doing in Cleveland. Obviously, with four different quarterbacks, uh, Deshaun Watson out for the year, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, PJ Walker. Hell, <laughs> the Browns won a game against the San Francisco freaking 49ers with PJ Walker, and now he's got Joe Flacco looking like an MVP. Like it's pretty incredible. What's going on there? As we take a macro view about what's going on in the Niners, they're, they got their feet up. They're kicking back. They're relaxing. Got the lazy boy. They're gonna Absolutely watch. incredible. It is. And Draymond Green's probably hanging out with Kyle Shanahan this week because they're not doing anything. And they're sitting back on the couch watching the, the chaos that is the NFL. And they get to just sit back, enjoy a cup of Joe, and relax. That's that's where you want as a fan to have no you know stakes in this final week. And thanks to Jonathan Gannon, 
in the Arizona car. I can't get enough of this, by the way. You saw the video of them watching uh, the end of that game afterwards. Like, they're all huddled in the tunnel. Oh, it was great. They're I watching on Mike Silver. Silver. Yeah, Mike Silver's phone Chronicle. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's watching. He's holding up his phone for them all to see. He had to be loving that. Well, and here's way. Kyle Shanahan after the game talking about getting a chance to watch the Eagles lose. Yes, that's why we laid in here. It was awesome. Didn't want to really try to not pay attention to it. Didn't want to get our hearts broke, but um, we did right there at the end, and they pulled it out. It was pretty cool to see. And here's Brock Purdy talking about it. Yeah, it was sweet um, to be able to have that kind of moment. You know, I, I'd grown up sort of watching like TV clips and stuff of like teams together watching and celebrating another team win for for their case. And so for us to be able to do that, I was sort of just like taking it in. I was like, man, this is something that I've seen on TV growing up. And now we get to all cram into a corner of the locker room and watch on a little TV. So um, it was special. Our boys over at 94 WIP in Philadelphia, by the way, in shambles. Their poll question of the day was, should they fire Nick Sirianni? And they're having Nick Sirianni on their station in the morning. <laughs> Coach, are we ever going to get to a point this season? I hope not. When Steve Kerr coming on this que- week? The poll question for, for Willard and Tibbs, should the Warriors fire Steve Kerr? Coming up at 5 o'clock, we're talking to the head coach. Like, could you imagine? It's pretty incredible. And Niner fans just can't help but laugh about it. You have to. You know what? Like, for as much trash talking as Philadelphia did in the entire offseason, from the radio hosts to the guys that cover the team, from the players, the coach, everyone. The amount of trash talking they did. And for them now to be on the outside looking in, now they're going to make the playoffs. But as far as the division goes, like they could be going on the road. It could be one and done potentially against the Saints, the Bucks, what have you. They'll probably be favored, but they could lose absolutely. They've been playing like Italian hot garbage. Coach. Thank you, Tony in Oakland. Nick Sirianni, his stock is falling. We're talking about stock rising when it comes to head coaches around the league, whether it's Stefanski, whether it's Kyle Shanahan. Talking about stock falling. Nick Sirianni. I think we, a lot of people fall- probably saw that coming too. He just he he, well, said he coasted off some really good uh, coordinators last year, but he really looked like a coach who was more noise than substance. I well, think. I'll say this. I mean, they still have eleven wins, so like they're not totally done or anything like that. They're they are up against it. They are absolutely up against it. And I expected them to look bad because you know what? Whenever you lose, maybe bad, strong, but to take a step back. Because whenever you go to a Super Bowl, whether you win or lose, all the other teams are going to poach all the coaches from that staff. And it was Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, who's now in Indianapolis doing a hell of a job, and Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, who everyone wanted to blame, by the way. Everyone wanted to blame Jonathan Gannon for the loss in the Super Bowl. Let's just not blame Jalen Hurts, who had a great game. He did. But the one thing that lost him that game in that Super Bowl was him fumbling it Whoever it was, Nick Bolton, who picked it up and ran for the touchdown. That was the difference in the game, unfortunately. And sometimes, then the breaks. And that's what happened. But we all wanted to blame Jonathan Gannon. A lot like when all the Atlanta Falcons fans wanted to blame Kyle Shanahan. Or kind of like not how you wanted Dan to blame Steve, uh, Steve Wilkes earlier this Steve year. Wilkes. He was up there in the There you booth. go. And is Steve Wilkes potentially going to have a head coaching job? We're talking about you know Kyle Shanahan. He's been able to overcome these things. Sala, gone to New York. D'Amico Ryan's gone to the Texans. And now, Steve Wilkes, potentially. Could he be getting another head coaching job? And by the way, we were talking about David Tepper earlier and uh, the mess that is the Carolina Panthers owner. For those of you who don't know, David Tepper is the owner for the Carolina Panthers. 
And then during their shellacking yesterday as the Jaguars were just tapping that you-know-what. I think they shut him out, too. Bryce Young looked horrible. David Tepper going at it with, I think, a Jaguars fan threw his beer on the guy. That's an owner throwing his beer on a fan? Can't do that. Are you Are you serious? It's even sadder. Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, all these guys, just not even just paying attention to it, I'm sure. It'll just get swept under the rug yeah. like it always well, does. Well, it's not the worst it's thing owners, these owners disgrace. do. It's, I know, I mentioned yeah. Robert Kraft. But it's a shame. It's embarrassing, as like, Bruce Bochy likes to say. I, it, it is a shame. But you know what? Steve Wilkes is probably looking at that situation like, ha! Hate to see it. Karma's a you-know-what. Well, we'll go back to Taylor Swift. It always there goes back go. to Taylor Swift. Always comes back to Taylor Swift. See, now you're getting it. Da- you're division winner, it. Taylor Swift. Now, did she get credit for that? It's probably, yeah. The Chiefs, by the way. This is the year. This is the- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The year the Chiefs were just absolutely gift-wrapping the division. The Raiders couldn't take it. The Chargers couldn't take it. The Broncos couldn't Broncos take it. Broncos for a second looked like they might try and mess around and take it. And then but... they bench Russell Wilson. They have Jared Stidham in there. They took an L. Uh-huh. It's just a joke and a disgrace. That, that entire division is a joke and disgrace. And is Jim Harbaugh going to be in it now? We'll see. Sean Payton, by the way, his stocks. Talking about stock falling. That's another guy. I, mean, I don't know what the Broncos are going to do next. They have a very long rebuild. They're got, they, you talk about an organization lacking direction. The Broncos are... Absolutely lacking a direction. Well, they have a first round pick. Maybe they get after you one of these Could. young quarterbacks. Maybe it's Penix. Maybe it's Jaden Daniels. Something like that. Maybe Sean Payton goes after one of them. But it's great to be the 49ers when you look at all this turmoil around the NFC, around the AFC, wherever, and you're sitting pretty at the top. It feels good. And Kyle Shanahan talked about having that extra time to rest the players. Uh, it's huge. Uh, you know, these last couple weeks, just we've been a little banged up. Um, there's been a couple positions that just we've been getting real thin at. Guys had to push through at a number of spots, and some of those guys are doing that. Hopefully, th- this will help them out. Kyle, what about the rest versus rust factor? This is him talking to the media yesterday on his weekly conference call. I think it can be tough, but it's also it's not just playing. It's how much you practice and everything, too. And, you know, it's... So you, you got to make sure that you prepare for games by practicing, and we got a game this week on Sunday, and that's what you got. You know, when you give guys a, the game off, practice changes too, and that can end up hurting guys a lot, and you end up just developing bad habits. And you know, I've seen it cost a lot of teams. So, and it's also it does give guys some guys a chance to get healthy, but when you do that and you sit people, then you know you want to sit. You know, some of the names you guys mentioned, but then. Other people got to double up and do a lot more because you only get two guys off a practice squad. Also, if you want to get more than a guy off, more than two off practice squad, we got to cut people on our roster, and then we don't get those guys um, just to get those guys up. So always can end up hurting. You know, you rest players, and that sometimes gets more players injured. So that's all that stuff you got to balance out, and uh, that's why it's uh, not a there's not a clear cut decision on anything. You got to look in each individual in each situation and play it out as the week goes. So it's a little more nuanced than, you know, at rest everybody and stuff like that. And uh, Debo Samuel, former All-Pro, uh, wide back, if you will, All-Pro kind of a player, 
I think that was like, what was it, the, the X Factor, whatever that thing is now, where it's not just a receiver or a running back. That's what he got all pro for, but he's been a baller this year as a wide receiver in the run game, whatever. He's just been a baller all, all around. He talked to Kay Adams of the Up and Adams podcast via FanDuel, as he does each and every week throughout the season. Here's what he had to say about uh, the starters playing this week. Are you a believer? Are you somebody who wants the rest and, and, and like you're for that, or do you want to keep the flow going? Um, you know, we, you definitely want to keep the floor going, but you also want to give your body a rest. So I feel like we'll play um, this game for a good bit just to keep the groove going and not, you know what I'm saying, take too much time off. I feel like we're going to be going this week, like, as in practicing hard and continue to do the things that we do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we just got to keep building. And, you know, uh, we haven't played our best ball yet, so um, we just got to continue to get better and better each day. So you're going to play? Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love, I mean, because there's, there's decisions to make and all that. Is it kind of a negotiation? Like, are you going to have, like, or is it, well, Coach says what happens and you guys are like, it okay. Ain't no, it ain't no negotiation. <laughs> I mean, once Coach say one thing, it's all, you know, all hands on deck. That's fine. Uh, no more than a series. I, I don't want these Play guys. Play the first quarter well, at the But most. why, see, this is what I'm getting at, though. Like, what good does that even do? Like, playing, like, a series or two, playing the first quarter? Like, how does that even carry over when you're not even playing for another two weeks? So it's like, give me Sam Darnold, give me whoever the backup left tackle is, give me give me all these guys, give me uh, Ross Dwelly, uh, Ray Ray McLeod if he's available, or Ronnie Bell, Danny, like, give me all the practice squad guys. I know there's nuance to bring them the practice squad, but I just I don't want any of my mainstays getting hurt. Absolutely, I don't need Kittle getting hurt. I don't need Debo getting hurt. Ayuk, Purdy, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, like I don't need any of these guys getting hurt. Um, especially the secondary, Absolutely, where you're already yeah. getting thin. You don't have Hufanga for the year. Jair Brown's been a little shaky at times. We had Adam Amin on earlier. You can catch that entire interview. He was on the call with Mark Schlereth. Uh, Schlereth. Can't say Schlereth today, by the way. Uh, via Fox Sports and uh, Search 95.7 The Game. Like, subscribe there on Twitch and YouTube. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union, the smart choice for low auto loan rates and super simple online application processes. So, Adam Amin was talking about this in the secondary. If you're looking for one thing with this team, outside of, you know, the consistency factor, because that's what it always comes down to in the playoffs. If you've missed some time, if you're the rust getting off, it's just getting back into your rhythm, getting back into your consistency. But also the secondary, a little bit shaky there. Sam Howell's having some success in that first half, and that wasn't a fluke. Lenore got burnt. Uh, Ambry Thomas got turned around in the end zone. So there are some parts of this defense that can get picked on at times, but that's all predicated on the defensive front not getting home. When Sam Howell had time, he could read the defense, and then he can pick and choose his spots. But the commanders aren't very bad, and they turned into pumpkins in the second half. Four Niners took care of business. But when it comes to playoff time, whether it's against the Lions, whether it's against uh, the Rams, the Bucks, uh, the Eagles, whatever, can you be consistent enough and not shoot yourself in the foot? That's what it's going to come down to with the 49ers because they are that much better than everyone else in the NFC. If they play their A game, no one is touching them in the NFC. I can't say the same if they go against, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens, two teams that, if they play their A games, may be potentially be on par with the 49ers. More so the Ravens than the Browns, but huh, the way Joe Facco's playing, I don't even know. But it comes down to 
uh, the X's and O's and limiting the turnovers when it comes to the Niners and their success going into the playoffs, Sammy. Yeah, no, I agree. And especially yeah, with the with the secondary there. And it is I think look looking back on Sunday and how the secondary did against the against the uh the, the commanders and Sam Howell. Yeah, he was connecting in that first half. He had hundred yards passing in that first half there. Uh he was uh nine of thirteen there with a touchdown. Uh most of those yards though came on that forty two yard bomb that he had to uh Terry McLaurin where uh Diamador Lenore uh, got burned there. That was it was a dime too. That was it was, and that was Demo's only bad play of the day, really. Yeah. Um, but you take away, I mean, forty-two yards just on that one play. Uh, so I mean, that's you know, quick math there. Six fifty-eight yards uh, on his other eight completions. But that's what there. you got to limit those those yeah. big plays. Like that's what will bite. But if you, you can hold it just that one, like one in that one half, he had sixty-nine yards passing, nice in the second half, and the defense really buckled down there again. It's a bad team uh, in the Commanders, so. I mean, yeah. If you're li- if that's just if it's one bad play per game, you can live with that because you have enough talent on this team to where you can offset those mistakes. If you do have those kind of those those situations happen there, um, but again, yeah, when it just you're, you're getting so nitpicky there exactly. with, with a lot of that's these. Like- Regards to what Debo said though, and you mentioned you know what, what's even the point. I mean, a part of it is like. You got to keep in mind how these guys are wired too. Like these guys are wired to no matter what they want to go out and play every single day, every single down, no matter the risk. Because that's just you don't get to this point in your career, you not get this deep into your NFL career and become you know, like the kind of players these guys are, like the Debo's, the CMC's, the Trent Williams's. You don't become such high caliber players by not wanting to be on the field. The reason you are like that is because every single play you want to be out there. So I can understand that. And this is where it comes on Kyle Shanahan to kind of protect these players from themselves in that situation. Debo's saying, like, oh, yeah, it's all hands on deck. We're going full tilt. Love that energy from you, Debo. Um, but uh, it's going to be a resounding no from me, dog, uh, to quote Mark Willard there on that one. Well, that's uh, Mark Willard quoting Randy Jackson. Well, yeah, all right. Yeah, every, everyone's, quoting, everyone's quoting something from someone here. That's it's, a Randy Jackson special. A, I'm not giving Mark to that, and Mark would know. He, he would agree with me. That goes to the legendary... That's a no for him, dog? Randy Jackson. <laughs> there you go. Paula Abdul and Simon Cowell, amongst others. God, yeah. Early American Idol, man. Oh, that was so, so much peak. Fun. I've seen Ryan Seacrest. I'm sure some, I don't even know if some, any of you watched the, uh, you know, the pageantry that is the ABC7 broadcast of the uh, the New Year's, the ball dropping at Times Square. But seeing Ryan Seacrest, he'll always be the American Idol guy for me. Always. No matter mm-hmm. what. Did it's you... so weird seeing him not on Idol. Yeah, it's he's, he's always just the, the easy to go to God, television personality. That was such a phenomenon, too. Early American Idol, man. It really all was. Up to, it was all the way up to Sanjaya in that oh, one God. season. That, that's where it all went off the rails. That's why I feel like that show jumped the shark. Now, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> that, was, that was a good time there. Man, 2006, man. We had... Great times. So then. I'm looking right now at the number one seed in the NFC. I'm trying to look right now to win a Super Bowl. There hasn't been that many in this century, I don't believe, to one win the Super Bowl. The number one seed in the NFC to win a Super Bowl. I'm looking at it right here. I believe the last to do it was the Eagles against the Patriots. Was that 2017 with Nick Foles? Yeah, after the, that, was the, that was after the yeah after the 2018 season, the Philly special. Yeah, because I don't believe the Rams were when they beat the Bengals. I think they were like the two seeders because the Packers were the no, the Rams were the one. four seed. The Rams year. were the four seed. Okay, yeah. but they somehow because the Niners were a, a wild card, so that's yeah. why they ended up and they losing. knocked out yeah Correct. the because uh, yeah the Bucks were the two seed. They lost and then the, the Packers were the one seed and then they lost to the Niners. So there you go. So going back a little ways now, the number one seed played each other last year in both conferences, that being the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Chiefs obviously winning that game. So in the AFC, it's matter, but a lot of that is, again, the Chiefs, 
the Patriots. Yeah. Those are some of the greatest teams of all time. And the Niners uh, had the one seed in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. Obviously, it didn't work out. Chiefs were the two seed that year because the Ravens were the one seed. There you go. The more you know. Look at that knowledge. See, Look at me remembering Bonte's stuff. usually here with all these seedings and stuff like that. Sam Lubman. I couldn't even tell you what I had for breakfast there. yesterday. There you, you know, go. it's just me and him, we have the sickness. I don't eat breakfast anymore with this shift. It just doesn't happen. Oh, it does dude, certain things. Poor meal. Yeah, well, that's, you see that's me, a, that's you see me wolfing my breakfast down that's every a morning. Myth. Some of these, some of these intermittent fasting, these shredded people I'm seeing, they don't even eat breakfast anymore. Yeah, I, see, I, I eat that. breakfast all the time. It works for me. Well, I had, I have a Greek yogurt and I have a protein bar. If you so that's a breakfast. That. It's a snack. It's not a breakfast of champions, but it, it's a breakfast. It's not a snack. If you eat it, if you're eating it in the morning, isn't that technically breakfast? You know what? You know who's eating and eating W's right now is the 49ers. You know who's not? I'll give myself a two for the segue. Uh, the Golden it's disgusting State. to watch. The, Thanks. Thank you. The Golden State Warriors. For as much as going right, and we'll continue to take your calls and text on the Niners, but I wanted to, and we have the Warriors game playing tonight, so we'll obviously talk a lot about it tomorrow. Ponte Hill and Joe Shiasky, they'll be back at it. It'll be a big topic of conversation. They're taking on a very good uh, Paolo Boncaro, Franz Wagner-led uh, Orlando Magic Squad. Again, coverage of that starting at 6 o'clock right here on 95.7 The Game with Warriors Live. Tip-off at 7, where the great Tim Roy will be on the call. Download the Odyssey app, favorite 95.7 The Game. You can stream that live and local here as well. So, for as much as going right with the 49ers, everything could be going wrong with the Golden State Warriors. There's question mark galore. Uh, when's Draymond coming back? The indefinite suspension's there. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been hot and cold. Uh, Clay Thompson has turned back into bad Clay Thompson. Stephen Curry, you can see the weight of the franchise getting to him mentally and physically at time. If Steph doesn't have a good uh, game, this team's losing. Chris Paul's in and out of the starting lineup. Now you got Kevon Looney to the bench. Trace Jackson Davis, he's going to be up. Uh, Pajemski back to the bench. What's going on with Moses Moody? Apparently he can't get minutes. Jonathan Kaminga's upset. uh, That's what, 10 things I just listed? What's going right with the Warriors, Sam Loveman? Chase Center's fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean the, the the food I had at on Friday night, I had some pretty good uh, marinated short rib for for dinner in the in the media seating area. That was that's what we've cool. come to. That that was uh, no, there was really. I mean, I was at that game on Saturday night, Spadoni, and it just the Mavs again. They jump off to a great a great start. They have a lead there. The Warriors mounted a uh, a brief charge there in the second quarter. I believe the score was thirty six thirty three. They have a fast break. Uh, they get the ball to Clay Thompson, and Clay just absolutely fumbles the ball away. Can't complete it, and the Mavs went on like a thirteen zero run there right after that. And it just it, it took the entire air. It took all the air out of out of the arena. It was just felt like the Warriors are they they felt cooked after that. And they staged comebacks here and there. They had moments, but. Every time they got close, the Mavericks keep pulling away, and they just—they look disjointed. They look slow. They just look like they're not into it. And uh, Steve Kerr kind of talked about it in the game. He said, "You know, this team is—you know—they're—they're they're missing the grit and the energy that most teams have." And uh, well, you know what? Let me let let Coach tell uh, talk about that. Uh, first of all, I love the guys on this team. You know, we have a, a really good group. They have a good chemistry. They get along well. We haven't found that uh, that grit that every team needs every good team needs where you pull together and you just play for the group um, we're not there yet and and that's a problem you know we um, like I said I, I we got great guys love every one of them but until this team really connects in a in a way that is solely dedicated to winning each and every game then then we're going to be stuck in this in this place so we need we need to get there I'm sorry you're seeing me on the YouTube and Twitch now. I'm laughing I love these guys. 
That's the first thing I'm saying. I love these guys, but great. Yeah, I love these guys. That's the worst thing you could say right now. I love these guys. Oh my God. That feels like this is the end of the season. Listen to this. Listen to your head coach talking about the grit of this team early on. I, first of all, I love the guys on this team. You Thank know, you. We have a, I, a really I do know that, group. Steve. I know you love the guys on the team. That's not what I want to hear right now. I just I before hear I throw them under get, the bus, I want to say like, how much I like, like them. Are you, like, come on, man. I, I, that was my best Nahegan right there, by the way. Come on, man. Like, come on. This is, this is the season this next month or so. This is guys are playing for their future on this squad. There needs to be a coming to Jesus moment for this team. I don't know when it's going to come. Is it the trade deadline when everything gets mixed and mixed and match? I see a lot of Warriors fans saying, like, "Hey, look what Rob Palinka did last year with the Lakers. They revamped everything and they went to the conference finals." I don't foresee that happening with the Warriors. And that was a fluke, by the way. Look at the Lakers. They stink. They're 17 and 17. Wills are coming off. LeBron's 39 years old and they're leaning on him still in his 50th year in the league. Like that's not a recipe for success. Just like it's not a recipe for success to lean on Steph freaking Curry at this age. That's fine that he's doing this and he's he's looking like he's the best in his career. Like he's somehow doing the, the Tom Brady thing. And I know he's referenced Tom Brady, you know, getting better as they get older and stuff like that. But there comes a point where even Steph is taking on too much. And right now, he's taking on way too much because if he doesn't have a good game, this team loses. Klay Thompson's not stepping up. Andrew Wiggins, he's consistently inconsistent. That's what we've been talking about. Draymond Green's nowhere to be found. Uh, I'm not expecting him to come to the rescue anytime soon. That way, now now you're leaning on the, the rookies. You're looking on uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Okay, showing some nice things. Now we're kicking Looney down to the bench. Sorry, Kavon. That's just cost of doing business. Jonathan Kaminga, he's been inconsistent. After talking that talk, kind of wet the bed there. And then you got Brandon Bajemski, who I've liked. Liked a lot. But all of a sudden, now we're, we're shifting Chris Paul into the starting lineup, who's old, and I love Chris Paul. He's, he's been doing some nice things off the bench. I don't know if I want him in a lineup, a starting lineup, with Stephen Curry, who's already limited on defense, with Clay Thompson, who's already been struggling on the defensive side. Like, like, what are we, what are we doing here? I mean, Chris Paul. I mean, first off, Chris Paul is not an issue. Uh, it being in defensively, the he is. Though. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that. Every one of the Warriors. Is I mean, this an is issue they're going up against right a really now. big team, is what I'm saying here. Yeah, in the but Orlando I mean, Magic. I thought he held his own again on on Saturday night in the starting lineup. The reason I don't like Chris Paul in that starting lineup is because. He does his best work with the second unit. The second unit does their best work when he is in. Uh, again, the Warriors, again, they they made some changes on Saturday night. They put Trace Jackson Davis in the starting lineup. I like um, that. I like that a, little, a lot, too. I think it helped him out a little bit early on. But to your point, Spadoni, like, the Mavericks, they just, they just got off to too good of a jump there. And it just the Warriors were playing behind the entire night. And they just they never felt in it. Like Even when they got the game close, you, just, you never felt like... Oh, maybe wow. they'll, they'll pull us out. So and it's stop just, me if you've heard this before. The Warriors had a slow start. Oh, I know. No. Even you thought that maybe throwing Trace Jackson Davis in there would change oh. things. Uh, here's what Steve Kerr had to say about uh, that lineup change. You know, boost uh, defensively. You know, we uh, the last couple weeks with that starting group, the uh, the defensive numbers uh, really weren't great. I, I liked the energy shift that we got from it. You know, a couple weeks ago, defensively that lineup wasn't holding up. So we were looking for better defense from the start, and um, and wanted to get Steph more involved as well. And we felt like getting Chris on the floor would uh, you know maybe unlock Steph a little bit. But you know, the defense struggled all night. I mean, they scored 132 points and and. 
um, we just couldn't stop them. Uh, offensively, we were fine. You score 122, that should be enough. Took care of the ball, you know, rebounded pretty well, and but we just couldn't get stops. So it's hard to it's hard to win in this league, especially in the modern NBA. You can't get stops because everybody everybody can score them. Yeah, it's hard to hard to win this league when you can't play defense. Now he's try again. He wanted to put TJD in to try and get a, a better defensive lineup. Uh, the Mavericks shot 56% in that first quarter. He thought that uh, Chris Paul could unlock Steph a little bit. Steph was 1 of 7 and 0 of 4 from 3 in that first quarter. That plan did not work. I, I'd be curious to see if Steve continues with that lineup. One lineup I did kind of like, though, from that game, Saturday Night Spadoni, was uh, in the second quarter, after the, the Mavericks went on that 11-0 run after that, uh, that botch fast break there, uh, Kerr calls timeout, brings in uh, Steph, Pajemski, Wiggins, Sarch, and uh, GP2. Uh, they were down 49-38 at the time, and they go on a 12-0 run there uh, coming in. I thought that was the best they looked all night. Obviously, when you're outscoring your opposition 12-0, you're going to look pretty good. But as far as all the lineups they had that night, that that uh, group of five there, Steph, Pod, Wiggs, Sarch, and GP2, I thought that was probably one of their better units of the night. Um I don't know, maybe that's an avenue you start to go with there, but if you're looking for, for any sort of five-man unit that you can count on right now, like, is there five guys you could throw on the court right now where it's just like, yeah, I'm feeling really good about what you're going to give me right now? The only five guys I'm trusting is the cheeseburger restaurant. Uh, Dave in Pleasanton wants to join in the conversation, 888-957-9570. What's going on, Dave? Hey, guys, was that, was that Larry sounding super tired that picked up the phone? That was Nahigian. That was Nahigian. That was our boss, fresh off a plane, coming right into work because he's a gamer that way. Oh wow, wow, dedicated. Okay, so one thing I noticed from watching the Mavs game is I really like, as far as the bigs go, I really liked Sarge and Price in there at the same time. Sarge was doing a little bit of addition inside the paint that was really exciting to see. Um, and then obviously he can hit those three pointers, but I really like, I don't like that Moody's not playing, but I think defensively what you guys were just saying, if we had Steph in there, Moody, Kaminga, Sarich, and, uh, Price, that was fun to watch that five. And one thing I did like about watching that box score is we had a bunch of guys in double digits because the other guys were getting minutes. That's all. That's really all I got, but I love that lineup. Thanks. That's Dave in Pleasanton. Appreciate the call, Dave. 888-957-9570. A lot of questions for the Warriors. Does any of us, does Steve Kerr have the answers? Are the answers here within this roster? Or they got to make some moves. we got the trade deadline a month away, so there'll be plenty of conversation in regards to that. But the fact, the fact of the matter is, though, Sam, if Steph Curry and Klay Thompson aren't playing well, you're not winning a game. No. and like that, That's what it comes down to. Steph Curry needs to play well for this team to win. And 9 of 25 and 6, from, uh, six of 15 from beyond it's the arc for 25 points, it. it's not good enough. Yeah. It's you, just not. I like, to see the, I like to see the assists up. I, I, I enjoy that part of the game. But if he's not scoring at, at a historic level, this team's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which 20- is frustrating because I hate that ass to all be on Steph because it's always been all on Steph. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting older now, guys. He's in, what, 35 going on 36? Mm-hmm. He's getting up there. Yeah, 25 points on 25 shots. That is uh, that is abysmal. Almost as abysmal as Clay going 1 of 11 from the floor. Three points on Saturday night. He was the lost Clay Thompson that we do not like to see. And that's just going to get... That's going to be the thing with Clay Thompson all year long. He's going to have stretches where he's red hot and he's looking like the Clay of old. And we're going to say, Clay's back. Why won't you ever doubt him? 
And it's going to be tough to not fall for that banana on the tailpipe. And, you know, Bonte, he comes here every morning. He's super excited for what Clay Thompson's doing. And it's just like, dude, you don't, you know it's not going to last. And now we're starting to see it. He's starting to regress into the not very good Clay Thompson. And when that happens, it creates ripple effects throughout the rest of this team. And so it's going to be on Clay to figure out a way to break out of these funks because I honestly think that's what's going to be Clay Thompson for the rest of his career. The hot stretches are going to be really, really good. The cold stretches are going to be really, really cold. And eventually, the cold stretches are going to last a lot longer. And the hot stretches are going to start to, you know, get a little bit shorter here. Uh, a question here, Spinelli, before we get out of here. This is a great time to bring this question up three minutes before Fast Five. Sure. Um, and we can get into this the rest of the week. If you're the Warriors and you're looking towards the future, what is the most... Look, we can argue, we, I think we can agree right now. Status quo for the Warriors is not working. They need to make changes. They need to pick a future path and stick with it. Is the better option to trade everything away that isn't Steph Curry? Trade as many, whoever you need to trade, young guys, veterans, anyone who is not Steph and Curry, put them on the trading block and move them for whatever pieces you think you can get back? Or do you just say, screw it, we're going to roll with the younger guys long term? What, what is the most likely avenue to result in the next championship for well, the Warriors? That's going to be incumbent on what Steph Curry wants. And the the thing is, and this is why Bob Myers stepped away because he was too close with these guys. Um, I don't know how close Mike Dunleavy is with Stephen Curry. I, I don't know, but if I'm Mike Dunleavy, I consider that. Yeah, you're, you're already locked. You're locked into Draymond. I don't think you're moving him. I, I don't think know they can find a way to move him. There's, I don't know what There's always a way to move. He's he's making about twenty two ish million right now. I don't know if Steph Curry wants to move though. That's the thing. Well, and honestly, at, at some point though, then if you're Mike Dunleavy, you you got to grow a pair and say, you know what, Steph, I'm in charge here. Because like, where's Steph gonna go? Like, I know, like, again, he's a superstar. Well, he can ask out anywhere. But like, Steph, you got to ask. Like, the if you're, then you got to go and ask Steph Curry. Steph, what do you want? Do you want your buddy Draymond here, or do you want to get another Larry? Like, well, who do you think? What, what, what would you rather have Warriors there? fans think. They well, yeah, I know, but it's about Steph, though. This, this is about always Steph. about Steph. Like, it, it, do you want to get rid of these guys and bring in guys who will help you out and win a championship? Like, think about, like, what the Lakers did at the end uh, at the end of the 2000s, where, obviously, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, that era dies out. They almost fall apart. Then they start bringing new guys in. They brought in uh, then Ron Artest, Pau Gasol. They yeah. had also uh, Lamar Odom. Smith they brought Parker? all these guys in. They brought all these guys in, and they got Kobe two more rings. They you know they extended his dominance through the end of that decade. You know, if you're Steph, you're looking at the guys you got right now. The guys you have on your team are not helping you win a championship. The difference with the Kobe one though is he was younger than Steph is now. Kobe was like his 29, uh, 30 years old, thirty one. So he was a little younger. Steph's a little older now. Now I understand he's aged better than what Kobe did. Obviously, all, all the injuries, the different position, the size, the frame, different stuff in regards to that. But when it comes to Stephen Curry in this squad, he is all he has known, Sam, throughout his NBA career when it came to winning those championships has been Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Those have been the guys. Looney's been there for some of them. KD was there for some of them. Iguodala's now gone. But it's been it's those, those three. Two. Yeah. It's those three guys, that trio right there. And it's easier for us to say right here, speaking on the radio to all you lovely people, hey, you know what? I think it's just time to you know rip the bandaid off, move on from those guys, Steph. It's very hard to do that. It's easier said than done. I agree with you, and I don't know if you're saying this, but I agree with you that Steph needs a total revamp here with some of these guys. Whether it's you know is it going to be enough to move Wiggins and Kaminga for you know a player to be named a Siakam or something like that? I don't know. I don't know if that's in the cards. But these are the questions that Mike Dunleavy has to answer, and it always comes down to is Stephen Curry 
going to be the best player. And, and Steiny's actually been talking about this. And I think it's interesting. And Steiny and Ever are going to be here in about 10 minutes to break it all down. They'll be talking about the Niners. They'll be talking some Warriors, I'm sure. Is Stephen Curry good enough as a one to still lead you to a title? Or does he need a 1A, 1B slash situation? Like what I saw with LeBron and yeah. AD. Does that what it needs to be now? Can he be that guy? I know they just won a title a couple years ago, but that was a couple years ago. This is now. Uh, could Steph Curry still be that guy to carry everything around him? He hasn't done it without Draymond. He hasn't done it without Clay. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out towards the trade deadline. And what does Draymond come back? That, that's another little situation here to monitor. Anthony Slater is on with us last week. R95 Seven Game Warriors Insider covers the team for the Athletic Sam. And I know we got Fast Five here in a minute. Is Draymond coming back this month? Anthony seems to think it's going to be in the middle of January. So I'm looking at the schedule right now for the Golden State Warriors as I pull it up. There we go. So we got Orlando, Denver, Detroit, Toronto, New Orleans. January 10th. Next Wednesday is the wrap-up this homestand. Then he got a long road trip. Then he come back against the Mavs January 19th, a Friday, for a homestand. A was I want to five-game homestand. Is that where it's going to be? 888-957-9570. It's time for Fast Five. It's time for the Xfinity Fast Five. Your last chance to get in on the morning roast. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet. Only from Xfinity. As great as the mood was for the San Francisco 49ers his last 30 minutes. It's exasperating talking about the Golden State Warriors. Their plethora of problems. It's time for the Xfinity Fast Five. Where we give our final thoughts on the show, brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Why don't you get us started, Sammy? Yeah, you know what my final thought is? Uh, it's going to be a great night for the Warriors to snap a losing streak. You know, the Magic are an up-and-coming team. If you can win this game tonight, set yourself up for the rest of the week. He's got the Nuggets coming to town, and... Then you got those red hot Detroit Pistons after that. So, but no, the Warriors they just they need to turn things around. Um, but I don't know how they do it. The status quo though is is not working. You cannot roll with this unit and just expect things will get better. And that includes the that includes Draymond Green. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Comcast Blue Sex on two zero nine. Twenty past five. It's not about Curry. That's the problem with Warriors. Curry's above the Warriors brand. That's from Dylan. Well, Curry is the brand. Curry, Curry is the Golden State Warriors. So it's always going to be revolved around him. Now more than ever. Uh, my five, uh, my, my fast five final thoughts here as we wrap up here and Happy New Year to all you lovely people. Um, college football, the brand of football. It's all time right now. This is the chaos that's going to occur this weekend. Just sit back and relax, 49ers fans, and enjoy it. You don't have to be a part of it. You get to enjoy it. And you know what else you get to enjoy? And that was Fast Five, brought to you by Xfinity, the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. You get to enjoy Matt Steinmetz and Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game.